of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This past Wednesday at Epiphany, we remembered the Magi, those rulers from the East, those astrologers who were led in the mind and heart of God just the way God knew that they need to be led to the Christ child by a star. When the star led them there, we heard this morning again in the epistle, the reading of this account, when these three, when these wise men walked in and beheld God in the person of Jesus Christ, they had an epiphany. They had the divine revelation of God himself in the Christ child. They experienced his divinity. And what was their response to the experience of his divinity? The scriptures tell us that they fell down before this child. Because they knew this was not just some ordinary child. They fell down before God. And they worshipped him. And they opened all that they had. And they gave him of their best gifts. Honoring the king that had come to save them. They experienced the divine mercy and love of God. And they fell down and worshipped. That was their response to the experience. Today on the first Sunday in the octave of Epiphany. We're given an opportunity to see clearly Christian worship. Through the eyes of God, in God's mind, what is Christian worship? To come to a greater understanding of what it means to worship the Lord our God. Christian worship is summed up in something that we say in the middle of Mass every time we gather together. And you've heard me even teach on these words many times. And they come from our epistle reading from Blessed St. Paul in Romans chapter 12. The sum total of the Christian act of worship is what we say when we say, and here we offer ourselves unto thee, O Lord. Here we offer ourselves, our souls, our bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto thee. That is Christian worship. St. Paul said, these are his words from Romans 12 that that's taken from. When he calls us saying, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. And that word body, the Greek word is the whole self. That you present everything that you are. That you present your bodies, your whole self, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice St. Paul says, by the mercies of God, present, offer yourselves. Another way of looking at this much more accurately is by the experience of the mercy of God. In no different way than the Magi did. By the experience of the mercy of God over your life, having experienced the mercy of God, offer yourselves. Offer yourselves to Him, everything that you are. The Magi experienced the God of all mercies in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. They experienced divine mercy in that moment. And their response was automatic and it was right from having all of their sins and deficiencies covered in that moment. They bowed down before Christ. 
before God. And they offered him themselves and the best of what they had. And this is what I mean by this is the core of Christian worship. That we respond to the mercy of God by offering ourselves. Because true worship, my friends, is absolutely not impossible, is, is absolutely impossible without the experience of the divine love and mercy of God. What is to be worshipped? What is to come out of us? What is to be invoked out of us if we don't experience the mercy that God offers every time we go before him and every time we gather in this place? But as we experience God in our lives, it is that experience that evokes, that draws out of us the response of worship. He offers himself to us. He grants us the experience of his divinity. And we respond by offering ourselves to him in kind. My friends, worship is entirely relationship. The offering of one provokes the offering of another. This is Christian worship. So now let's delve deeper into the mind of God as to what it means to truly offer ourselves as a response to the mercy of God. And perhaps if we look at some of the things a few of the fathers say, maybe even take a look at a prayer that we pray in Vespers, that we'll see something of Christian worship we may not have thought about or don't think about often enough. I want to read to you two church fathers on this. The first one is Ambrosiaster, who wrote a commentary on St. Paul's letters, all of them, in the 300s when he was alive. And when he wrote about what St. Paul says about our offering ourselves to God being our reasonable worship, this is what Ambrosiaster says. Paul leads with them, pleads with them through the mercy of God by which the human race is saved. This is an instruction that they should remember that they have received God's mercy and that they should take care to worship the one who gave it to them. God's will is our sanctification, for bodies subject to sin are considered not to be alive but dead, since they have no hope of obtaining the promise of eternal life. It is for this purpose that we are cleansed from our sins by God's gift, that henceforth, and here's the response to the gift, that henceforth we should lead and live a pure life and stir up. The love of God that is now within us, not making his work of grace of no effect. Listen to St. John Chrysostom on the same subject. How is it that the whole self can become a sacrifice? Let the eye look on no evil thing. And it has already become a sacrifice. Let the tongue say nothing filthy. And it has become an offering. Let your hand do nothing evil, and it has become a whole burnt offering. But even this is not enough. For we must have good works also. The hand must do alms. For we must have good works also. The mouth must bless those who curse it. The ears must find time to listen to the reading of Scripture. Sacrifice allows no unclean thing. It is the first fruits of all other actions. Let me summarize what these two blessed fathers are telling us, teaching us about Christian worship. 
If worship is offering our whole self to God, then worship is turning away from the sins that so easily entangle us as an offering to God in response of mercy that we've been given over those very sins. That's Christian worship. In response to his limitless mercy, we turn away from our disorders and stir up the grace and love of God within to become something by his grace that he's intended us to be. And worship is also walking by that same grace, from that same mercy, into the new life that we have been made, that we have been given, offering ourselves to God to be a delight by offering the good works of Jesus Christ back to him. You know, one of my favorite scenes in Revelation is when all of the elders, they're given their crowns for all the good works in Christ that they did while on the earth. And here's Christian worship. You know what they do? They take their crowns off and they lay them at the feet of Jesus because everything was about him in the first place. And every good work was because of him and rooted in him in the first place. And it's such a beautiful picture of Christian worship. We worship God for the mercy that he's given us. We respond to it by offering our lives. And then even every good work done in and through us by the hand of Jesus Christ, we lay at his feet and say, thank you, Jesus, that you did anything of your worth through this flesh and blood. That's Christian worship. You know, I've said so many times that God reveals his truths both about himself and about how we live as Christians in the prayers that he's given the church to pray, whether it's the hours of prayer or the services of prayer. Last night during Vespers, all of this was on my mind. And I saw the truth that God is wanting to reveal to all of us about worshiping him. I saw it very clearly for the first time. I've done Vespers how many times, but to see this truth clearly in the Vesperal prayer of general, it's called the prayer for general thanksgiving, done towards the end of Vespers. Listen to what we pray every Vespers, and you'll see Christian worship. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And here it is. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies. Do you understand what we pray? Let us experience the fullness of your mercy. When it says, give us that due sense, it means the experience of our senses and our very being. This is what we're asking for. Give us that due sense of all thy mercies. Listen, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but with our lives by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all of our days. And there you have Christian worship. The experience of his mercy to the point that our heart overflows with such immense thankfulness. And from that thankfulness, our praise becomes more than things we do with our mouth when we gather together. But the praise, the worship offering is our very lives back to God every day that his goodwill may be proven in us, may be seen and experienced by all 
in and through him. We offer him a holy life. Because all of the holiness written in us began with him and it will end with him. And we offer it back to him. Every good thing. This is the worship acceptable to God. This is the worship that blesses the heart of your God. And it begins in liturgy. I said begins. It doesn't end in liturgy. It begins in liturgy. Look at the liturgy. What do we cry out when we first come? Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And if you have prepared your hearts, you know what you need mercy over. And you're lifting that to God when we say, Lord, have mercy. Why? Because you need it. And because we must experience the covering of all of these things. So that when we experience it, later in the Mass, we offer ourselves to the one who is offering everything he is to us. That we be transformed by the renewing of our mind and our very being into his likeness. And we experience undeserved grace and divine power to become like Christ. But then the worship continues in your daily life. Because now you are to go and stir up the gift that you were given in these moments. And you are to go and offer to God your life that you might become holy as he is holy. That the good works of Christ Jesus may be done in and through you to the glory of only God the Father Almighty. Are you getting Christian worship? It must be your life, not a service that you attend. It must stem from the service you attend. Worship him with all you are and he will be blessed and you will experience him in ways you never have out of his love for you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat>